on the Self Connection Podcast, we have a special guest, Howard Kahn. And I met Howard last uh, October at the iLearn uh, Virginia Sitier Conference. And he was one of the uh, speakers and presented in, with the larger group. Um, and there's a lot of things that I'd like to learn from Howard. He has a particular emphasis on the importance of connection and relationship that I really enjoyed him speaking about. Um, he's an assistant clinical professor in the Child uh, Study Center at Yale School of Medicine, and he teaches a yearly seminar in family therapy, and he supervises uh, psychotherapists from a variety of disciplines, psychiatry, social work, um, and psychologists as well. Uh, he maintains a private practice in, in, in New Haven, is that right? Yeah. Okay, since 1970. So he's been, um, he's been at it for a while. Um, he's a graduate of the City of College of New York uh, in 1961 and of the University of Rochester, and that's where you earned your PhD in, in 1970. Uh, I'm going to read from, from your Psychology Today profile, uh, and that might be a good jumping off point for us to begin. Uh, Howard writes, I believe that an effective therapy relationship provides the conditions for people to overcome fear and doubt through self-acceptance, self-discovery, and thoughtful creative action. I want you to feel cared for and understood. I listen and speak compassionately, respectfully, and carefully. So that's our introduction to Howard. Welcome. Well, I Thank couldn't you. say it better myself. <laughs> well, you did. I just, I just read what you, what you wrote so beautifully. So Howard, is there anything else about you? I mean, this podcast is really fueled by Virginia's work. She's been my main inspiration in terms of how I think about therapy, how I think about life. Uh, in many ways, how I think about family, my own family life, and, and family therapy in general. Um, but is there anything that you'd like to start us off with in terms of your biography and perhaps your connection to Virginia? Well, I, I, um, I feel I, I'm in total uh, uh, resonance with you about Virginia being a, uh, a very important, if not uh, the most important influence on my work. But I was working a long time before Virginia came into my life. Um, I, and uh, she was part of a system for me where I became disillusioned or uh, unhappy with uh, psychoanalysis. And uh, I, I met... Uh, I met a psychiatrist who was the chief of psychology named Lou Fearman, and he had written this book in 1965, which was on the writing of Helmuth Kaiser. Maybe, um, I was uh, uh, dumbfounded by the difference in this kind of therapy that he was teaching at the VA and uh, he, um, and uh, I got quickly introduced to Carl Rogers and to, um, uh, to uh, a little bit later to Virginia because uh, Lou Fearman, Dr. Fearman left the VA and opened his own hospital and had a, uh, an ongoing group of people who were uh, um, teachers in humanistic psychology mm -hmm. come to Elmcrest Hospital. And uh, Virginia was one. Okay. And, uh, uh, the first thing uh, she did was her ropes. You, you're familiar with that, of course. Yes. Yeah. 
So um, I had an end of a rope and uh, somehow we connected up right away and uh, had a dialogue with 400 people around and just had a most fun. Wow. And, and I, I felt like if you're in the presence of Virginia, you're in the presence of uh, a person who uh, cared about your experience and only that. Mm. What year was that that you met her? Uh, 1969, 1970, something like that. So about the same year that you graduated? Uh, yeah, right. Okay. I just got my PhD about that. Okay, okay. We've already started seeing patients in 1967 as an intern. Right. right. And, uh, but so you, had, you had had a lot of exposure with psychoanalysis, so you had a foundation. Yeah, that was what I had. All my psychoanalysis yeah. was yeah. psychoanalytically oriented. Okay. And uh, Yale was a center for psychoanalysis. Okay. So tell me, so tell me I, I don't know if it makes sense to transition at this point, but what impact did Virginia have then on your mindset, on your approach, on your life? Well, I recognized that there was a way that I could be that was um, consonant or um, uh, just consonant with my being, with who I am as a person, hmm. that I could be attentive to another person the way uh, she was with me. I mean, I'd always loved that kind of interaction, but I never put it together with psychotherapy. Hmm. Here it was that we were having, and she came specifically to talk about family therapy, right. which I had never had, I'd never heard of. <laughs> it, it wasn't done. It was, uh, yeah. It, the worker sees the uh, um, sees the family, and the doctor sees the uh, the uh, the patient, and it was identified as the patient. And it was she introduced the whole idea of systems, mm. and that uh, the, the the symptom was in the uh, in the patient, but everything was going on in the family. Yes, yes. And demonstrated that was another thing, and I, I it was a jaw dropper. Yeah. Uh, so, so I felt, well, the, uh, there were a couple of other influences at the same time, but I think, I think Virginia was first. Um, and uh, from then on, I went on to do gestalt therapy. You mean first in terms of forming family therapy? Yeah. yeah. First yeah. in terms of forming not only family therapy, but uh, interactive, connected, um, uh, in engaging communicative therapy. L let me say it this way, that I had a moment of therapy with Virginia with the rope. Okay, yeah, tell us about that. She said something like, what are you feeling? And that, that was a unique question for me. It's usually, what are you thinking? <laughs> so, right. so I got this question. I don't remember what I said, but I remember being in a kind of a trance. That, uh, And it wasn't that I was anxious. It was that I was excited. That, And I can, I can uh, capture the moment where she asked me what I was feeling. And she cared about what I was feeling. And uh, um, I thought, this is the way I like to be with people. And it isn't so much that I was discouraged from being that way. It was just that that's not the way people did therapy. So, was, that, was that a way of being that was familiar to you? Maybe an experience you had within family, uh, a way of being that 
you were already familiar with as a young person? Like what, was it like a, a recognition of something that was familiar or was it um, completely well, not new? It was like coming home because that's the way I, I've been aware that there are people who are natural confidants of others and people mm -hmm. would always confide in me and my idea of a good time was getting to know somebody mm -hmm. so um and and talking about what my experience was and being interested in the other person mm -hmm. so it came very naturally to me was uh, that was that your idea of what analysis was going to be uh, yeah okay so then you must have been quite disappointed with the the analysis that you were describing a moment ago right? disappointed and frustrated yeah and uh, when I, I kept trying to, uh, I uh, later found out from my analyst, I had a conversation with him afterward, that he said that I was the, I, I was maddening to him. <laughs> and I kept wanting to engage him and leave the task of psychoanalysis. He actually turned out to be a fairly nice guy, but he was doing what psychoanalysis was supposed to do. You were, he was interpreting my behavior. Yeah. Of a, a theory. Yeah. You know, Howard, the word that's coming up for me right now is intimacy. It seems to be a word that is seem, it seems significant to you and in, the, in your way of being, that the, there's, there's a real connection that you experienced, that you felt cared for, that what you felt mattered to Virginia when she was yes. with you. And there's an intimacy, that word is, is percolating for me. Um, I wonder if, if you could describe... Um, I think also just in my observations of you, when, when we were at the conference and just being, being with you in the brief moments, um, your, your presence is very warm. And um, I guess what influence did Virginia have uh, of this part of you? In terms of, in terms of um, I think there was a seed of this yearning yeah. for intimacy. Yeah. Uh, what did your connection with Virginia do uh, to this seed? Well, what it did was... Uh... It was like um, if you throw a, 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 a pit in the ground in, in a, a tropical island, a, a year later it becomes a tree. <laughs> <laughs> it grows fast. Yeah. And it, it needs soil. It, it needs, uh, um, it needs uh, water. It needs air. Yeah. And, uh, Mostly, if you to put it in other terms, I felt support for who I was, mm. mm -hmm. and so whatever I was and whoever I was. I later on, worked with Virginia on public speaking. Um, I I, uh, I I don't think that's what we're going to talk about today, but she was uh, very helpful to me mm -hmm. and, um, because I had started life. Well, for about since I was five, from the time I was five to high school, I was a uh, stutterer. Okay. And so I always had a kind of a, a nervous reaction. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be brief with it. What what happened was she, uh, there were about, a, it was in Gabriola Island, and I went to a month-long workshop with her. Mm -hmm. And uh, she invited uh, someone who was, uh, uh, willing to be a, a, a star in a, in a uh, uh, what turned out later to be a family reconstruction. Okay. But the first part of it was um, to uh, 
asked me, I came up there and I raised my hand and I said I was supposed to give my first public lecture for a lot of people in the course in humanities and medicine and uh, uh, I was nervous and I was very nervous about public speaking and she said uh, uh, take a look out at the audience and I looked and I had, I was uh, scared mm-hmm. and uh, um, I said they have fangs, teeth or something and you know, it was kind of a uh, I can make a joke about things. And she put her arm around me and she was about six feet tall and I'm about five foot four. So, so it was, I was breast high and she had no compunction about squeezing me right to her chest and said, how do you feel now? I said, well, I'm, I feel just fine. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Instinctively, I got some support. Yeah. I didn't think about it that way. What I did is I uh, gave some ex- impromptu speech or some talk about what I was thinking and feeling. It got into how I was born. Mm-hmm. And so that was really a second encounter with Virginia. What happened to the fear, Howard, in that moment? What happened? What, what happened to the fear? The fear of public speaking? It disappeared. It yeah. disappeared. And the, yeah. stutter, and the stuttering? Just, well, I, I'd, I'd long since stopped stuttering. Okay. And that is just another story, but that came through a relationship with a speech teacher who I felt cared about my experience. Mm. So I learned to value that when I was very young. And going back to what you were saying, psychoanalysis was uh, challenging intellectually, but it was not nourishing to my being. Mm-hmm. So Virginia actually did everything that the psychoanalyst did in the sense of uh, paying attention to the to what was going on with people, mm-hmm. uh, paying attention to people's uh, um, taking responsibility for themselves, paying attention to the difference between uh, dependency and independence and independence. There were so many things that she was talking about and dealing with that just were, but, but it was, it was a different mode. It was it was interactive, right, right. And 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 uh, that's that's. In other words, if I were going to become independent, uh, Fritz Perls says that therapy is moving from external support to self-support. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know Fritz. He had died, and um, but I had been reading, and that's what I got. Hmm. But I I never got it out of psychoanalysis. Right, because it was too uh, cognitive. It was too intellectual. Too cold. too cold. It was too cold. Yeah. Yeah, and it was cognitive. And anytime I wanted to direct to my feelings, I mean, I did say to my analyst, "If you want to really get to know me, mm-hmm. you'll stop interpreting what I'm saying and mm-hmm. listen to what I'm saying." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, he didn't seem to be moved by that. Um. So I, I want to get into this. You, you use this language. Is this a term that you created, communicative intimacy? Yeah, uh, no. That was created by Lou Fearman. Okay. When uh, to, I'll put it in Virginia's terms and, uh, and Roger's. When we are congruent together, when my thoughts and feelings and actions are in line mm-hmm. and yours are, and we're talking to each other, and we're in contact with each other, 
and paying attention to each other's experience. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, there are four awarenesses going on. Mm -hmm. My awareness of me, or right now, I'm aware of my awareness of you. Right. Your awareness of me, your awareness of you. Right. And touch, we're, we're in a way, it's a dance. Mm -hmm. but we're very aware of the boundary, the separateness between us. But we breach that separateness, or we move that separateness by uh, communicative uh, um, sharing, for want of another word. It's like uh, Martin Buber talks about a, an I-thou experience, that I have, I'm fully interested in what you're saying to me. And I'm fully aware of you. I care about what's happening with you. Mm -hmm. You're another universe, and I am also aware of myself, and I'm ready to react to you. So I guess the essence of communicative intimacy is a readiness and a willingness to provide the full benefit of your being to another person mm. and uh, connect with them. Mm -hmm. And I think that gets into the you know, Virginia used the word whole a lot. You know, we come, we, 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 we come into the world with this perception that we have, where we have holes, H-O-L-E, um, but we are, if we perceive ourselves as whole, and I guess, what are some of the foundational, I don't know if it's beliefs or experiences that people need to be able to have that kind of engagement, that kind of connection? Um, maybe that which was different between you and Virginia and what you experienced with your first uh, analysis, experience of analysis, uh, what, what's the core of what I think empowers us to be more human or more connected? I think I understand what you mean. Um, that the core that comes to my mind is, uh, um, is being in the, fully in, in the, well, I, I start to immediately to argue with myself to be in the present. Mm -hmm. um, now, there really is no present in some ways, because just as I say this, it, it's not the present anymore. Mm -hmm. It's past. Uh, um, but that we're in a flow together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that we, can, that we can sort of maybe get into the boat together. <laughs> yes. And, and flow together and, and paddle along somehow. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and 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 it it flows, mm -hmm. like I have an experience with you at the moment of uh, your attentiveness to me, and I'm aware that I may be leaving the present in a f at times mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I um, uh, I'm I'm I have a, a little blips of anxiety coming to me. Mm -hmm. It takes me out of the present. I'm aware of that. Right. And if I tell you that, um, I'm more fully present. Right. Right. I, mean, I want to get everything in the short time that we have here. I'd like to really uh, tell you everything about what I'm thinking because, yes. yeah, you know, then I realize how silly that is. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm watching your face. Yeah. I watch your reaction and um, we're doing some form of dance. That's mm -hmm. Intimacy, mm -hmm. and it, I think the idea is just words for an idea that was 
an immediacy of presence in Virginia. I felt it. I never. I felt it from Carl Rogers, with the short contact I had, mm-hmm. and I saw it. And he was a much more remote person than Virginia. Virginia was ready to engage, but it doesn't matter. Right. As long as you're congruent, another person feels uh, safe in that interaction. Right. Right. And your wholeness, as Virginia would put it, comes out. I can fully experience myself in the context of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the differences between Carl Rogers and Virginia may be maybe their personality differences or, or, but their willingness to, to share or to be connected was similar. Is that what you mean? Exactly what I mean. Yeah. We're all different. Yeah. And I might have more energy in the moment than Carl Rogers would have. Right. Um, um, I'm talking about, especially when he got into groups, mm-hmm. he felt that he was freer to not, if, since he didn't see himself as the only support for the person, mm. for to be himself, which he probably always was. Mm. But it, it doesn't matter. As long as you're congruent, then the other person can emerge and you can emerge fully. Mm. I think that's a healing moment. And the, comp- the composite of the healing moments is uh, what we call therapy. Mm. So, okay. you know, therapy is a natural form of life. It's not mm. a separate thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I want to come back because I, when I was listening, I was listening to your, I was having trouble sleeping and I just, I don't know how I, I came to, sometimes I have these things I call spiritual awakenings and I wake up at three in the morning and I just, I had this impulse to, to, uh, to check out the, the Zoom talk you did. I don't remember what it was, but here are some of the notes that, that I made and, and I think it may feed into or add into what you're already saying. One of the things that you said is um, communicative intimacy is where you're experiencing yourself in the context of the other. And what you just said was that it, the, the context allows for yourself to emerge. Um, what you said with Virginia, there was support for who I am. Um, and I, I think that's just such a, a beautiful thing. And, the, and the, the, the next step of where you're taking that is that kind of experience does not need to be reserved for, psycho, for the formality of psychotherapy. Could you say more about what you mean? Well, I think it's a natural form. I, I think that that's at our best, that's who we are. Mm-hmm. That um, if uh, a child goes to a mother or father or, or uh, a caring other, um, the, uh, the healing moment if a, uh, uh, well, actually just I'm thinking about a kid, that a, a little boy fell down and this is a very, today, and yeah. this, he's throwing a ball and he threw it at me. And now we have this problem of, of, uh, sequestering, of quarantine. Right. And, uh, um, he, he's about five, and um, he he was crying, and I I, I forgot about quarantine, <laughs> and I went over to him, yeah. and um, uh, I said, Sebastian, you're um, I know he's my neighbor, and and I, I I looked at him, and he looked at me, 
and he said something like, I, 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 I like, where's my ball? And, and I, I said, did you hurt yourself? And he said, yes. And it was a moment of contact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see you. I, I recognize you. you. Yeah. yeah. And it was a moment of contact between us. And it, uh, it passed. But I, he, he wasn't crying anymore. And right. in two minutes, he, in two seconds, he's laughing. Uh -huh. He was more scared. He fell down. He just fell right in his, right in his face. And um, I felt that connection. I, I'm just describing a natural form. Mm -hmm. People have come and visit a psychotherapist. And uh, they're all different. Mm -hmm. And um, I think of myself sometimes as a universal donor. <laughs> that somehow if I'm there a part of me can connect up with them now I learned psychoanalytic theory they say it's make an alliance with the healthy part of the person's ego that's the way they say about it right and to me that means what's going on that's lively and energetic and also life-giving comes out in the other person no matter what kind of pain they're in because to them they make sense Mm -hmm. And if you can make sense about another person's making sense, another person's being, which means, um, maybe I'm going off on a riff here, but I think the essence is acceptance of the other, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. an acceptance of the moment, an acceptance of your own feelings right. at the right. moment. Right. And if I'm scared, for example, in the context of a person, um, I have an option to say it. But I can also, I, can, I, 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 I feel it, and that will inform what I do. Right, right. If I feel love come from me, I, I, what comes from me is coming from you. And uh, um, I don't know if I'm going off on a tangent. Well, yeah, I think it's, in this, in particular, uh, in, in my work with some men, they describe if they were to share their hurt or their vulnerability, they would see that, or they had learned from maybe as a family rule that that means that they're weak. Um, but what I hear the way that you're describing it is, um, you know, I can choose to bring that up and, and put it out. And then that becomes part of what's going on. And, and I see that as empowering. I see that as actually quite courageous and strong. Um, and, yes. and, it creates like you're reaching out to this little boy to provide support, to provide care, to, to see him. Um, I, I wonder how you felt in that moment in your body and in your own presence. It's a great question. I felt warm. I felt loving. I felt respectful. I mm -hmm. felt, I like this kid. Mm -hmm. I also mm -hmm. sad that I couldn't hug him. Mm. And I, I, I was also aware of, and you know, in a way that's a metaphor for therapy because there are constraints on us. Mm -hmm. This constraint was uh, um, in, in, my, in me because of uh, contact. Right. Uh, being, and I feel this is some of the sadness that I experience in, in the world with, with this coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. That uh, um, our meetings have to be um, virtual. Um. I think, I think you made a comment as well that theory, theory needs to be embodied, and she did that. Does that sound, does that sound like something you said? Yeah. I, I love that. I think that um, 
she, in, in Barbara Jo Brothers' book, um, I think she quotes her as saying that the most important thing for her was not the theory, but the experience that she had, that everything that she created came out of her observation first. And if the theory didn't fit, then that she'd throw out the theory. And this uh, embodying, um, well, the, the, the word that, you, that we've been talking about, communicative intimacy, um, I see is related to the word congruence. And there's a, there's, a, there's a phrase that I'm starting to use, uh, which I'm calling love skills, uh, which is a manifestation of this deeper energy. And um, in, in my way of seeing it, I think she had the skill of love. But f- what's an important distinction to me is skill in terms of behavior has to be rooted in some deep core elements that are below the surface, beliefs, attitudes, beliefs about humanity and and she had those things and embodied them um and when you describe a way of being and and coming back to this experiencing yourself in the context of others and you're describing this dynamic reciprocal relationship um one of the things you said that, that i'm curious about you didn't finish your sentence in the zoom presentation you said you experience who you are and you provide for the other and then you, you went on to something else. So I'm wondering if you could continue from there. Um, you provide for the other, yeah, what, what are you describing there? The full benefit of my presence, yeah. I would say. And also, I would like very much what you talk, the way you describe an inherent value system. Yeah. That if your inherent value system is acceptance, uh, caring about the other person's experience, um, you, it leads you to be uh, curious mm. and not directive or want to fix anybody, mm. but to be engaged mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, My experience uh, is, as I go on and on, I do less. Um, Actually, I remember this coming from Virginia as well, at times reminding people to not uh, fix anything, to be present. And I've had many people who come with a specific problem. Um, I don't think Virginia did much besides give me support in that public speaking thing. But uh, a woman came, say, recently, and uh, she says she's a compulsive pot smoker. And do I have any exercises for her that she had a friend who I helped and I said I don't have any uh, but I, I I think if we are successful let's check it in a couple of months whatever we do you'll stop smoking if you want to and uh, I don't even know why you want to stop smoking um, smoking uh, pot was fun for me until I stopped smoking so, so, so I found out uh, a couple of days ago. She said I haven't 
had anything, maybe it's more than, in, she said two months. I haven't had a, any marijuana in two months. So whatever her goal was, and I've seen that happen with people who overeat. Yeah. I've seen symptoms go away without paying attention to the symptom itself, but paying attention to, uh, to, to, uh, to just the same thing in everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think the way you phrased it is like to care, to care about someone else's experience, to care about what that person is experiencing and allowing myself to experience that as well. Um, you know, what, what are you experiencing right now? I'm curious about that. I want to hear about that. And, and to give me, give me as much as you can or for me to share with you what I imagine you may be experiencing right now. Um, well, first of all, I feel excited because it's a fantastic invitation. <laughs> what I've experienced is excitement and warmth toward you. And... Uh, I go into my mind because it's not only my feelings of uh, admiration for the depth of your uh, of your knowledge or wisdom in and getting what I'm talking about. Now that's sort of you know aren't we wise because we we have the same uh, <laughs> value system. Okay, so that's a yeah. little self congratulation. But I like it. I like talking to you. Mm. And so uh, I feel energized. And um, I, I, pay t I look at your face. I like your face. And, I like uh, your face too. I really like your voice as well. You have a very, you have a very warm and supportive voice. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, ground, it's grounding. Oh, very good. Yeah. Glad. <laughs> well, we're, we connect. Yeah, yeah, uh, I feel that. So I feel connected, and I also feel separate. Mm -hmm. So I am curious about you, at the same time that I am interested in mm -hmm. uh, uh, in the question you've asked. Yeah, and so I'd like to know what you're experiencing as well. Um, I'm experiencing myself relaxing more and more, um, and not really worrying so much about what I plan to ask or um, what I should ask, but just even allowing us and myself in this moment to, um, to, to value myself, to value um, myself through what you've just said um, and to take that in that, you know, I recognize my, my own wish to be seen and I feel that yearning coming up. Uh, with you um and yeah that my yearning is to 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 transcend even the technology you know one of the things is um as i'm looking at your eyes you're looking i don't know if it's to your left or to your right but your eyes aren't looking exactly directly at me they would kind of, looking this way yeah maybe more in that way maybe in that cameras up because yeah of looking at your eyes. Yeah, so that's one thing I'm experiencing, but I'm still feeling something like I appreciate that you've taken the time to connect with me, and to explore, and to to hear whatever curiosities I have about um, a presentation that you did. Mm 
So, um, yeah. So I, I, I have, so uh, yeah, this is my idea of a good time. But I'd also like to know from you, if we go back a moment, I'd like to know what it is from that talk that mm -hmm. stimulated you to come back to, to say what it is that, that you uh, had in mind so we don't lose that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, it's, I think it's, it starts off with one of the first things that you said, um, you asked Virginia was, how did you get so wise? I thought it was such a, it's such a uh, cheeky, like funny way of, of asking it. Cause I would have loved to ask her that too. Um, I was talking to uh, John Bamman and I said, you know, when I interviewed him, I said, uh, so how did she get that way? How did she get to be the way that she is? It's sort of a similar line of questioning. Um, and you, you described that uh, she said something along the lines of, well, well, why don't you give that answer that, you know, you, you reference a bunch of thinkers and yeah. I, sometimes when I talk, I, I'm not listening to myself. So I don't really <laughs> remember, but you said something. You, you said, yeah, you said that Virginia said, um, the, the, I am everyone you admire. Yeah. And the thinking and the feeling of all the people like Freud, Martin Buber, from uh, the people that she'd studied. And I don't know if that point, I just have a note, the word embodied. But to me, it's like, it's one thing to have the right theoretical underpinnings. But just what she, man, what she manifested in her in terms of her body, in terms of her use of herself, her eyes, like whatever I, and I only perceive this through video. I was like, that it's all there. It's like a thousand things at once in a moment. And it's, it's just so powerful. Yes. Well, I did have the benefit of knowing her very well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's, uh, um, you couldn't be a friend of Virginia's without being uh, a student. Or I imagine it's the same thing with all evolved beings. Uh, you know, uh, um, and ourselves when we're in that evolved state. Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned the Buddha was asked, are you a man? And he said, no. Are you a God? He said, no. He said, I'm awake. Mm -hmm. And Virginia was awake mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, and connected and full of love. They used your word. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, something that she wasn't afraid to say. I think when you go back to Rogers, he was also full of love. Mm. But Rogers was told that he was practicing medicine without a license. And, and love was something that you don't talk about because it had an entirely different, it was eroticized. Right. Partially by psychoanalysis. Right, right. Partially by the culture. And so he called it unconditional positive regard. Which is love. So the, where she got the wisdom from she said something that I remember that phrase very well. There was a twist to it, which was. Which uh, phrase, which phrase are you mentioning now? Howard? The, the thing about uh, I'm everybody that you. I'm uh, everyone you admire. Yeah. yeah. That you admire what it, it was like uh, Whitman saying, I contain multitudes. It, it, it was that, that your, she made me aware that I was projecting a whole lot on her. Mm. and that it didn't matter that she was grounded in a system where it was okay for me to be me and her to be her. But all these 
she was an embodiment of what I found useful and, that's even a funny word, useful and nourishing in other people. Hmm. In that uh, if I wanted uh, a communicative other, she was there for that. And we could talk. The thing, oh, that there was a context for that. And uh, I was, I'm sorry to say, I don't know where the tape is, but I had a long interview with Virginia about wisdom. Mm. And I got to find it. I, I, yeah, I, you do. <laughs> I, I, want, I wanted um, uh, to give it to uh, um, uh, so it's, uh, the archivist, uh, Jimmy Faulkner. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny Faulkner, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Johnny Faulkner. Um, and uh, I'm still looking. Mm-hmm. But what, what I got from it is that, you know, there was a similar thing that happened with, with Maria. And Maria said, could you help me this? If, could you help me? And Virginia said, no, I can't. You mean Maria Gamori? Yeah, she uh-huh. gave it in her talk that she, wa- she had had an automobile accident and she wanted to be helped. And Virginia said, there are things I can't do for you. Yeah. Because she yeah. let her know you do it for you. Yeah. That yeah. The paradox of this communicative connection is that you always know that you're the agent of your own actions and yeah. you're the agent of your own uh, choices and experience. And you never forget that with, you never forgot mm-hmm. that with Virginia. Mm-hmm. That she was going to fix me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the deviation, the the movement away from pathology, from I'm treating symptoms or I'm treating a, whatever the label happens to be. And that, that, that enmeshment between the label and the person, you know, one thought, Howard, that I wanted to share just as we're talking about that quote up, you know, I am everyone you admire. The the thing that's coming up for me is um, I wonder how it is for you to hear that in some way you, you are everyone you admire. Like that, that those people that you admire have a resonance with you because they're speaking to something within you. Well, they and, live inside me. Yeah, yeah. That I, I take, like, I never knew Alfred Adler. And came this coronavirus, and it occurred to me that Adler said in one of the things I read, I, I, I don't know anything else that's in that book. <laughs> but he said that, uh, we live our lives as fictionally, in fictional finalism. We have an idea, of, it's a fiction, because we don't know the future. Right. And many of the thinkers, I can name them, uh, um, uh, but uh, that, that we have an idea that um, um, I'm going to be uh, with my dogs and my wife by the water and that's the way it's going to be in two years and then I can relax and be in the present yeah and our future is challenged now because we don't know how we're going to be yeah Yeah. so I think people are I've seen more and more anxiety in myself Mm -hmm. I go through mood swings I don't uh, I don't remember going through since I was a kid Mm. because I don't know I I, that's it so that so it, that, that wisdom lives inside me. When I think of Virginia saying the other day, a foreign element yeah. comes into someone's life and that could be a therapist or a lover or, yeah. or a, 
uh, or a, a, a relative or a, a friend you just meet and something happens and that grain of sand of foreign element like in an oyster can become a pearl mm -hmm. um, that's the way things are so uh, it's like what's the word in language is agglutinative it takes in things go so there's virginia and there's 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 uh kaiser and there's uh, i got a whole lot, a list of people mm -hmm. uh rogers some i've met some i read read and that's who i am mm -hmm. and that's uh, you know when when we talk you relate to your experience in in a way that we're resonant yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and i do think that we have a commonality of value system yeah uh, yeah uh, caring about another person. you know we, we could uh, uh compassion that's another word uh, we haven't used mm -hmm. but uh, compassion is a fantastic um well to see people beyond their behavior or see people beyond their labels or their roles i think was a was a major yeah. major learning from, from to see beyond uh, what the what the eyes are picking up, what our physical senses are picking up, but what's you know how do you how do you get to that place um, when our impulse, the, the natural human impulse to judge things, uh, is so you know to use the cognition, to use the let's say the left brain to label something, you know we see this in in all kinds of isms um, when people have shorthand ways of understanding things. Um, I guess in your in your study and experiences, what's uh, what's helped keep you uh, free, or what's helped keep you uh, open to connection through through your career and through your life? Oh, what's kept me open to connection? Yeah, I mean, it's in in spite of uh, I'm sure moments of of human suffering, of loss, of disappointment. Uh, what's what's kept you connected to things like compassion? the humanistic values that you have um i i i i, I want to go back from a, a little later to you said something like judgment mm -hmm. uh, i i want to just go to that what what's kept me so i got distracted i distracted myself um i uh what's kept me connected is i'm always energized and i maybe not always but just almost all the time i could see people for eight hours at times i just don't like sitting anymore but i i can i get there's something that happens that's uh new that comes from an, a, a connection with somebody mm -hmm. there's something that happens yeah yeah and, uh, um i feel nourished by and sometimes um di and different parts of me come out like i was really surprised uh, a couple of people told me in the last previous last meetings at uh the security of the, uh, the uh, um, um international is that i i came across as as very critical so a couple of people said that and uh um I was thinking, oh, that you that you come you come you came across as critical, yeah. And that, that that's a side of me, that mm -hmm. uh, uh, relating to to I that that I, I I experience different parts of myself all the time, so a lot of times 
I think you can be judicious and not judgmental. Hmm. Because there are certain things like, um, I find that I can say things to people that are outrageous, that they might be hurt by, and I don't intend to hurt them. But some things they're doing are things that are awful. <laughs> My five value system, you right. know? Um, uh, just, uh, I could come up with examples. And I, um, I, I can, but it, it's that somebody does something like uh, perseverate on judging the person that they're with mm -hmm. for having an affair, say, or for um, uh, compulsive gambling. I'm just free associating to people I'm talking to mm -hmm. that uh, they blame. Right. So my, so um, I can say things uh, like, well, you know, you're blaming. And then the person says, yes, and I have a right to it. Well, you're righteous. Yes, and I should be or something. <laughs> I, I, I think all of these things take someone away from their own compassion. Mm -hmm. And rather than make it a correction, I, I, I talk about my frustration, or my, or, 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 or that uh, it's. Uh, it seems to me that you're prolonging your misery in this situation mm -hmm. by continuing to berate the person you're with, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even though you may feel you have a right to it. Right. Right. It's like pointing, pointing back the experience that they're creating through their behavior. Yeah, I'm just thinking of somebody I, yeah. I talk to who uh, uh, so, sometimes or, or, or sometimes uh, uh, there's a person who likes to come into the uh, hour with me and lecture to me. Mm -hmm. So I say I feel like I'm eight years old. Mm. <laughs> and and uh, I, I don't want to necessarily correct them, but there must be something I, that... Uh, I, I am judging, so I don't think I, I, I think that we are judgmental, or, or we are. But uh, and the, the, in that little blurb that uh, I want, I, I want to criticize you without judging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's that. That to me is that. That's part of me also. That, yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm off on that. Well, I think I think you're saying that um, the best one of one of the most powerful ways of giving feedback is to give feedback about what you are experiencing as yes. a human being, as a as a yes. as a person with feelings and with needs as well. And um, uh, I know Carl Whitaker, a famous family therapist, he would often say. He had no problems being open about his own selfish needs to be in therapy with families and that he was getting something out of it for himself as well. Uh, he, said if, he said if it didn't, uh, I, I used to talk to him. He said if, if, if it didn't turn me on, I don't want to be there. Yeah. And people criticized him for that. Mm -hmm. I think they didn't get what he meant. Mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. uh, he didn't, he was there in the most awful situations. Mm -hmm. people, but he wanted to make it a good time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's that's the the idea of therapeutic use of self. Yeah. Which is how how am I if I'm not being human, if I'm just being theoretical or prescriptive or tool based, what 
what is missing. Well, I think the most essential ingredient is missing, which is the self. Um, and, and I guess that's, that's language that I would use. I wonder, do you, uh, I think of the self as, as quite a transcendent uh, aspect of us. Um, Virginia would use language like self-esteem or self-worth. And I feel that that word is not the right, the, it was not the most accurate word to describe what she was working with. Uh, but, you know, she would also use words like life force. Self-esteem to me uh, connotes a psychological term that has to do with how you feel and think about yourself at a moment in time, which is, it's temporal. Um, but I feel the way that she connects with people, the energy from which she used, the, the depth of which she connected to people, um, I think you almost need to use spiritual or religious language to to get at the depth of where she was working. And I know uh, from what people have described to me and things I've read, later on in her career, she was more comfortable with using that kind of language. Um, but I, w I wonder for you, uh, what what do you think of the word self and self-connection? I mean, how, is, how does that come up for you in, in your work? And is it is it relevant? Well, uh, I... I, I um... My personal awareness of myself is something that I don't want to escape from. So the connection, if I'm connected to myself, mm. I can also be connected to you. And I'm also intrigued by what you just said, because you were saying that you, in your thinking, have moved, Tim. Tim, you, you've moved from the uh, a construct of self-esteem into some spiritual mode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, what I witnessed in the way that Virginia worked, she emphasized, you know, heightening or enhancing people's sense of self-esteem and self-worth was an important part of how she was effective. And I always struggled with what she really meant by that. Because, you know, in my studies of psych psychology and of self-esteem, how a person thinks and feels about themselves can sometimes be exactly the problem. But the, but for example, the way that you're talking about the contact that you make with someone, it's beyond thought sometimes. It's beyond even compulsive how you feel at a moment. The context is this sort of holding container that, that isn't, Oh, I, I feel that I'm a competent. Like if you look at Rosenberg's self-esteem scale, I feel I'm competent. I feel that I'm, you know, capable. It's, it's perception. You know, it's these elements of the iceberg that, that can change. Uh, but I think when we focus on self-esteem, we can get into, uh, you know, I, I just need to do a better job of how I think, or I need to do a better job of how I love myself. And, and those become shoulds that can become traps. Um, but I think her way of being, like the seed model, her way of being present with people, just, just gets to it without um, you know, needing to work on uh, uh, sort of rote affirmations, like I you know, am this or I am that. It's, it's something that's more genuine. That. I, I'm I'm listening to uh, to you, and um, what's raised what it raises for me is is uh, a communion mm. that mm -hmm. uh, there is a transcendent mm -hmm. 
that goes beyond self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And that's the association I'm making to it. I, I don't know if, if that's the wavelength that I'm, I'm getting from myself in contact with you talking about the model, say we're talking about of communicative connection. Yes. Yeah. Where I get excited when you're talking about communion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, there are, it's one aspect of a relationship where, you know, people who are in, in love, it's bigger than both of us. Or uh, uh, when, when you're, uh, um, I remember when my son was born, my first son, mm -hmm. I watched him be born and there yeah. was something, uh, a feeling of uh, uh, way beyond, if I think about it, my feeling of self-worth probably went way up. Yeah. But that wasn't what it was about. It was yeah. about a, a, a communication with his mother in the same delivery room. Mm -hmm. communication with the doctors and communication with a little baby and mm -hmm. watch the head crown. And, and it, it's more than that. It's, it's a, it's transcendent mode. Yeah. yeah. And I think we deal with the spiritual all the time. Yeah. And, um, it, it, it's, it's not religion. It may be it's religion. I don't know, but all the religious, uh, modes talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, when you're in that mode your self-esteem is is uh is high mm -hmm. uh, I, I, if, but it's not i don't think it's your just your self-esteem i think your esteem of others is high it's like your it's like life esteem it's it transcends like to me i think self-esteem points more at what would maybe be more accurately ego esteem my own sort of persona and and how i'm th thinking and feeling about that particular identity that particular social location but when you're when you describe like a birthing moment it's like you're connected to to life in such a transcendent and expansive way yeah. that it's it's you're and you're energized by that you know it's like the support that you received from Virginia when she was holding, when she put her arm around you and you felt yeah. the, her warmth. It was like you, you're, you, were, uh, you were in that energy and it resonated like you are worthy, not because you think I am worthy because I did such a good job or because I'm such a good speaker, performance-based, but because I am. It's, it's more in a being mode than um, having to do with performance, and I think this distinction is important between what I'm, what I'm, what I would describe as the the being mode of, let's say, self connection versus self esteem. I think of self esteem as the the um, the outcomes of self connection. When you are in that place, when we are in communion with each other, when we are communion with the life in us, then then it it just so happens that I, you know, I. I allow myself to do do the best job I can in a particular role, and then people say you did a good job, but I don't I don't project myself out and, and then lose myself in that role because maybe the next day I'm tired and I don't write a good report or I don't do, you know it's, and and I think this distinction is very important because it it allows for resilience in the face of roles and moments and bad feelings at a moment in time like oh I really screwed up that you know thing that I was supposed to do. But my core, the basis of myself, is is at a depth that is connected to, but separate um, from 
my self-esteem or my feelings. That's, that's, that's the way, you know, uh, you use that image of Virginia with her arm around me or the times where it's, it, it, there's, it's almost like the self becomes irrelevant. Uh, it's there, mm -hmm. you're there, I'm there, and the it's immediate. The experience mm -hmm. of communicative connection, communicative intimacy, is as an immediate state. Mm -hmm. That um, uh, that is, uh, you know, Namaste. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's the uh, the God in me greets God in you. Yeah. Um, the, that that's that's what that's that's <laughs> yeah yeah no i like so i like that word the, the use of the word communion um you know connection is obviously related to that like yeah being in this this dynamic living process with one another right in that and that we can also experience that within our ourselves you know and people can experience that when they're you know doing meditation or going for a walk in nature or really being mindful with something that they're doing and they can connect um away from particular thought forms that are judgments or limiting or something like that to, to hold to this place. And the best that we can do is point to it. And, and I guess what I'm saying is self-esteem is not a, as accurate a pointer as maybe some other words might well, you're, be. You're finding it limit, uh, somewhat limiting. Yeah. Because there's, there's a, there's a valence judgment in esteem or worth that, um, that I think, points to um you know there's a positive way of having self-esteem or there's a performative yeah. element to it there's a performance variable it becomes something with positive or negative yeah 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 and it's like i what i saw from virginia was she didn't esteem people because they did such a good job she esteemed people because they were alive they were human and and to to see that i think that was that had such a huge impact on me because it wasn't like let's do this technique or let's do this behavioral modification or you know let's let's focus on changing you because i'm so i'm the expert but it's like I, what i'm arriving at is you are a, you are a manifestation of life you know and and you are a star in that in the in your own life and i want to be related to that aspect in you and support you so that comes out and you know, you've described that with, with what you've shared. That was the experience that you had, that you felt that, um, that yeah. you could, you could arrive, you could, you could be more yourself. And, and well, I like the way you say, you know, that, did I mention the Baal Shem Tov? No. Talk? There's, um, I, I haven't got a religious background, but I have uh, a lot of, a lot of it is literary that, uh, Martin Buber relates to this 12th century, uh, Hasid. Uh, uh, teacher and um, the uh, in, in Judeo-Christian uh, thinking God is always out there mm -hmm. so God was an all-powerful and but the the way he was thinking was that um, you are there's no other Tim there's no other Tim said on earth mm -hmm. now and there never was mm -hmm. you are a manifestation of something about god's will mm -hmm. uh, 
and you're you're learning and you're experiencing and expressing yourself means that you're doing some form of transcendent right. spiritual be work right right yeah. god's work yeah and, um the, that's to me that i i doesn't involve a belief system it's it's a metaphor mm -hmm. that that um I'm me and you're you, and uh, uh, um, Pearl's talked about it. He has a little gestalt prayer. He said, uh, um, I'm not on this earth to live up to your expectations, and you're not, yes, mine. I'm me, yeah. you're you, and, and if we don't, and if we connect, it's beautiful. Yeah. He left out the last line, by the way. The, well, he didn't leave it out. This, the big posters left it out. If oh, okay. We, the last line is, "It can't." If we don't, it can't be helped. Right. <laughs> Which is so. If we don't, it can't be helped. We don't, yeah, I'm not yeah. in this world to live up to your expectations. You're not in this world to live up to mine. If we get together, it's beautiful. Right. Right. It, but they left off the last line. If we don't, it can't be helped. Yeah. Yeah. There was something about that mm. understanding that was so deep. Yeah, that's a pretty important, that's a pretty important last line. <laughs> you see the posters, that last line. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because there's, I mean, that, that I think points to an attitude of peace. Like, if we don't, we could still, we could still say, we could still say goodbye to this particular form of relationship peacefully. It doesn't have to be done with resentment. Um there's a there's a kind of like rebellious teen tone that I hear in like well I'm not here to meet your expectations here I mean I totally I see that and understand that um, but it's it's also because it's it's just not possible if we're if we're unique in some elements and we have differences um, or our values differ on uh, maybe in terms of what what has more weight in one component of life then we're going to disagree um, and. You know, a, a good example is you don't, you, you know, we, we have to discriminate in, in some moments. For example, you don't marry everyone, right? You make a choice as to who's, who's the right part, who's the right partner for me if I'm choosing to be in a monogamous relationship. And so the, the, the finding of the match is, is sort of a miraculous thing. It's like, okay, here's, now let's, you know, let's grow together. And you, you, you know, the, 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 that's the spiritual connection. I think that somehow we experience the transcendent so much mm. and if we're open to it. And mm -hmm. it implies the fact that we might not. Yeah. That 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 there's something in it. But if you respect that, I was going back to the it, it's it's in all the um it it's just about in any spiritual or any religious form is the respect for the other. And in the Talmud, it says that you're, you're, uh, uh, if you destroy one life, you destroy universe. Mm. And if you, to me, the extension is, if you embrace one life, you create a universe, mm. you, you, you enhance a universe. Mm, that's a beautiful so, line, yeah. And uh, I, 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 that that came to me at times that uh, um, the darkest moments I've been with 
with people. A lot of it has been recently. I just want to mention that, that somehow this sequestering has brought out people's in existential. I don't know if that's your experience. Are you doing much therapy? Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing quite a lot. Yeah. So, okay, we both are. Yeah. So, do you find that, that, that it's, it's open to, people are open to a lot of soul searching? And yeah, yeah. I think, I think it uh, has really intensified a lot of people's inner work and it's it's really exciting and personally i feel ex exactly the same way so there's there's something really like i'm the most energized i've been in the last like let's say a year and a half um last year is a very difficult year for me personally but um you know there's this it, it was like when i heal you know whatever i was healing through last year i'll be unstoppable there's like a wish that I had for myself. And, and I think connecting to um, what you're saying, yes. the embrace of one life, well, we, we have the opportunity and responsibility to for sure embrace our own life. And I think that when we, when we do that, and then when we're able to do that with other people, I love that image of, of opening up universes because I think that that's what Virginia was doing and just opening up possibilities beyond just, uh, you know, reducing symptoms um yeah well the symptoms go away the the thing that seems most exciting what happens is that people come to a therapist because they want somebody to talk to and they have a they want things to change and so symptoms are anxiety depression manifestations of that they go away Mm -hmm. you don't pay attention to them and I have, I have no complaint really with um i guess i do have some complaint with the textbook or the the manualized therapy because it takes people out of it it takes mm -hmm. the the relationship out of it as long as the relationship is uh is 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 included maybe it's uh um yeah it's in Congress, maybe it isn't, I don't know. But uh, you don't need a, a, a manual that people know where they want to go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, they know they, 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 I don't even think of therapy as having a goal. I think of it as having an outcome. Mm. What, as a, what do you mean by that? Yeah. I mean that the outcome that uh, the outcome that the woman I told you about who stopped smoking, mm -hmm. that's an outcome. She's also happier about her work. Right. She's happier about her relationship and she's happier about herself. Mm -hmm. And she's asking questions she didn't ask before because mm -hmm. uh, nobody ever particularly listened to her. Um, or those who did listen to her, she didn't let listen to her because she felt they'd stop. <laughs> One thing yeah. that came out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll. Yeah. You want to listen to me, and then, you know, I said, "Well, all right." So I. So we started. So now you want me to promise the world that I'm going to be listening to you forever? Yeah. You know, uh, maybe I will. Uh, I hope we're not, I'm not going to be around forever or something like that, that, 
that uh, something happened in in the relationship where our uh, uh, what we want emerges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how I got on that one, but yeah, but maybe it's related to self-esteem in the sense that. Uh, I think you have a very good idea there about the trend, about the spiritual relation. If that's what you were thinking about, that you've moved in a certain direction where the concept of self-esteem was not enough for you. That's mm-hmm. my guess. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, and I never, I never felt or saw, felt that what I was seeing with Virginia, it was that she was just working at that level. No. Um, but that was just the language that she used. And I think that, you know, language is important because uh, that's you know, when people look at, at what Virginia's done and then maybe they don't understand what she was doing because they, they read that and it's, it's an oversimplification of, of what she was doing. And, and my, my wish in these conversations, Howard, is that we can more and more express and um, embody these things and, and make them clearer and share them with the world because I think they're so important. And um, yeah, what I appreciate about you is I feel that you, um, yeah, you, you embody that in the way that you are. And I appreciate that so much in you. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Uh, just to, if, if we're stopping, uh, Virginia, uh, uh, Carl Rogers had the idea of self-esteem also. Mm-hmm. Articulated. I think she got it from Carl. I think he was around earlier. Um, but it was it made total sense. And um, I guess the, relating to the limitation of a concept is that you put your own stamp to it. That if that's the path that you question, like you say something about, it, it leads to a kind of a, of, of, well, now I have to have high self-esteem. It's a, it's a, it's a judgment or something like that. It's a, it's a goal. It's a performance. Yeah. Um, that when you look at the embodiment of what Virginia did or what Martin Buber did, uh, or, or any of the great therapists, I think that they're into what you're talking about mm-hmm. and what you're articulating. And what you're talking about is fine tuning and also transcending that, you know, standing on the shoulders of giants is yeah. something that you're up there and you're standing on the shoulders and you see <laughs> the world too. Yeah. And you add your, your piece to it. Yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, um, something that adds something to the body of of understanding and connection yeah 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 i think we're you know to to take the image of like the tree of life we're all trying to branch towards um our own unique expression and i i certainly feel that i'm standing on the shoulders of of many many giants and many many different people that i've studied um virginia sits here being a major one but i think for me I feel I, I respect her work and as well know that I feel an obligation to, to push, push the work forward and to innovate as much as I can. And I can only do that if I'm in dialogue with the work. And so you are an embodiment of her work and you share. And so these conversations help me sharpen 
whatever I'm trying to work out or understand more deeply and to express it in a way, you know, because in terms of goal, people have lots, lots of times a goal to have higher self-esteem. And sometimes that could be problematic for the reason I think that you just described. It's if you aim at self-esteem and, and people have, there's been many programs in Canada and the United States to heighten self-esteem. But the research bears out that what can happen is you people move towards narcissism and they, there could be increases of aggression. So self-esteem as a construct is, uh, is an aspect of it. But it's like sometimes you need to go through the side door and not directly at something to really be uh, nurturing it. And I think self-esteem is one of those. You'll never become a narcissistic entity if you stay connected to you to the other and to the environment. Yes, yes, yes. I'm thinking yeah. of something that in that tape of Virginia, you probably have seen it, Rocks and Flowers. Yes. And so the children who are murderers. Yeah, the young kids that are abusive. Yeah. They've been, well, been abusive. He says, I have a little light in me. Yeah. And you have a little light in you. Yeah. And that light comes out, and that light is what we show each other and connect. And that was always the essence of what Virginia did. And I think that we, um, somebody was criticizing uh, this meeting. Somebody says, oh, you're in a cult. And uh, the, the, I explained why it wasn't a cult, that there was so much of a value system that was taught that people could use the metaphor and the thinking and the value system that Virginia taught. Yeah. That it's really in other people and it's really in the, in wisdom. Yeah. In yeah. The, that goes on in the, in, and, uh, uh, it's a form that I think is, I have one, uh, down thought and that in our world today, um, the, uh, dictatorial, non-democratic, um, fascistic mm -hmm. strain is is coming out and we stand as a group i think and as a as a as a, a we're standard bearers for a way of being yeah yeah so i i see myself that way as a teacher of humanism yeah yeah you that way too thank you yeah and i i i think one of the things is like the the magic and Virginia works so as hard as she could to say the magic's not in me that like in, anyone can be engaged in the processes of what I'm engaged in. And I a hundred percent believe that. And for me, there's a lot of metaphors from nature that have helped me understand Virginia's work um, more. And, and I think, I think you just, just mentioned like we can see the process in the natural world. And one of the things that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working on is is an integration between the hierarchical model and the seed model because one of the things that I've experienced in the way that it's been taught to me is there's a hierarchical model over here and it's bad and then the seed model is good but I think if we if we have this kind of uh, dualism that we miss important ingredients from the hierarchical model I think that the hierarchical model needs to be subservient to the seed model and we need to be playful with what the forms at the level of hierarchy um, but I think, you know, what I appreciate about Virginia is she's like, there's, there's such a thing as a seed in each of us. Well, that's huge. That's like such a huge step. 
But I think if we just stay there and don't reintegrate the hierarchical model, we lose something very important. And I think, you know, when I think about our community uh, within the satir world, um, that's the kind of thinking that I, I would like to, to push and, and to innovate because I think it's really important. You, we, we, you do it. Yeah. You do it. You did it by this invitation. Is there anything that you want to share about what this has been like for you? Uh, what it's been like for me is I feel very happy. And uh, I, I feel like I've, I've met a kindred spirit in you. And Likewise, yeah. I appreciate uh, your interest in me. And I also appreciate the way your mind is working, that I can learn from you. Uh, and some of the learning is just a reminder of how much we've done together uh, and how much we've done separately to come to this moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, um, I, I, I feel very blessed by this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, no. I, I thank you, Tim. Yeah, no, I thank you for, for accepting my invitation. And, you know, I, I could just, I, I, I try to trust my instincts about when I feel a certain way about people and, and then and I reach out from that place. And, I think being able to do that and being able to have an experience like this just strengthens that trust of my own inner wisdom. So thank you for, um, for validating my, my gut uh, instinct and, and having this really fun and enjoyable talk. Mm -hmm.